Welcome to Disorderly Dogs, the podcast, hashtag Pitbull Stories Edition. My name is Rachel Laurie Harris. I'm a professional dog trainer, and I'm also the proud owner of an American Staffordshire Terrier that we lovingly call Waylon. In this series, Pitbull Stories, I talk with pitbull owners all over the world, and we share our stories about pitbulls, how we got into pitbulls, how we love pitbulls, what we've learned from them, and how we're advocating for the breed now. I'm really looking forward to sharing these stories and if you'd like to be a part of this series please follow us over on the instagram at a good feeling underscore nco send me a dm i would love to chat and hear your pitbull story enjoy all right ladies and gentlemen welcome back to another episode of disorderly dogs so um welcome to pitbull stories y'all i'm I'm so excited to share um different people's experiences and stories with pitbull type dogs um so i'm here with zoe so zoe why don't you go ahead and introduce yourself kind of tell us a little bit about your yourself and kind of how you got into blocky headed dogs yeah totally um so i'm zoe i'm from portland oregon um i uh work at uh, the county shelter here, and um, right now I currently have two, two Pitbull type, type dogs. Yes. <laughs> uh, they're big, they're mutts. I've done DNA tests on both of them, um, and they're just big mixes of mutts. Um, my first dog, um, we'll start with her, Angel. She's kind of who I got into this whole thing with. Um, I worked at a different shelter up in Washington, um, and I met her when I was an animal care tech there. She was a um, tiny little three-year-old, tiny, scaffy, boxy-headed little, like, powerhouse. <laughs> she was insane. She got um, owner surrendered at the shelter and then returned twice <laughs> um, just because she was high energy. Um, and then, uh, barked at a kid on the adoption form was slated for euthanasia. Um, and she was like my favorite dog ever. Um, so I ended up adopting her <laughs> and I lived in an apartment at that time that didn't allow pit bulls. So I kind of like had her go back and forth between me and my mom's house. Um, and then after that, I moved out of that apartment and was able to just have her and she was the best thing ever. Um, she passed away like eight months ago, um, kind of tragically due to another dog. Um, so, uh, I won't really get into that or else I'll cry. (laughs) Um, but she was the best, like she changed everyone's mind. She was hilarious. She was just super dog friendly. Love my cats. Everything like, like everything. She was just a dog. Like I never thought of her as like this pit bull, but like she was just a, a dog and she was amazing. So that's kind of how I got into blocky headed dogs. I mean, I didn't have really experience with them until I started working in the shelter and then daycares after that. Like I've only heard what I think everyone else hears about them. Like, Oh, the pit bulls are coming, you know what I mean? And what the yeah. media is out there. <laughs> um, and actually when I was young, like my, our family dog got attacked by two quote unquote pit bulls. I don't know what kind they were. I don't know what they were, but she did get attacked. So that was kind of my mentality of it. And I remember my first time, my mom meeting her for the first time, she was like, Oh, she's so cute. <laughs> yeah, I told you. So, so that's kind of how I got into it. Um, and then I just started like volunteering and, um, working with born again, pet bull rescue, lovable pit bull rescue in Portland. Like those are two awesome places. Um, so yeah, that's, kind of how uh, she fell into my life for the first time. Oh God. Okay, yeah. so, so since Angel, how many blocky-headed type dogs have been a part of your life? Oh, God. I've, 
Because you foster a lot. I foster a lot. Um, So I try to do mostly pity types, but I mean, I'll take puppies in and stuff because they're super easy. So she helped foster probably over 20 dogs. Um, And we've been fostering now. I started fostering Marley, right? Who's my current dog right after she passed away. That was a foster fail. I adopted her. (laughs) And and now I started fostering another pity type who um, we're going to adopt pretty soon here too named Charlie. So she's going to be my other foster fail. She's going to be a permanent resident. Yeah. Yeah, she is. Yeah. (laughs) Well, and it seems like they get along so well too. They love each other. It's insane. Like their bond, even from the beginning, they just are attached at the hip. So. Oh my God. So sweet. So. Um, okay, so when you met Angel, were you attracted to like her blocky-headed stature? Were you a little Were you a little intimidated by that at first until you got to know her? Not really. She so you would enter her kennel and she would just lick you like her thing. Her whole life was just licking everything, everyone, everything. Um, I was more weirded out because she was really like short and stout, um, and she had really buff like legs and a tiny body and so um I was always kind of weirded out by that I was like what is wrong with her but um I mean she never really I don't want to say she like weirded me out by it I I, I never felt uncomfortable by her because she was just she was the best I think that I feel like it every like you know worry that we may have I think it withers away the second like the dog looks into our freaking soul no yeah I mean like after that moment of connection, like it's not about their physical stature anymore, right? Yeah. Like it's, it's about who they are at their core. No, oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, it's cute that they have giant heads. Yes. Cute characters, but like I never, I don't think I ever thought about it really. So, <laughs> so were there any like, like stereotypes or stigmas around pit bulls that like you, you had to kind of educate and like learn more about after like, owning Angel? Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, definitely their play style. They are very vocal, very rough and rowdy. And anytime she, she sounded like, like a, a dying frog when she would be playing and people would get so freaked out by it. And I'm like, I promise she's playing. And she loved puppies too. Cause puppies didn't care that she would be vocal and crazy and loud and she could just rough and tumble with them. Um, I think their strength too is another thing. I think that kind of goes hand in hand with like the misconceptions though, because they are such a strong breed. Like Angel was 40, 44 pounds, but she could pull me down the block. Like she was strong. (laughs) If she saw a squirrel, it was game on. But, um, I think that was one of the things too, um, is just their strength. And I mean, I would have people like crossing the street when they saw in her she would be in like all pink like hoodies and gear and people would literally like run across the street from her and I'm like okay yeah we're here it's fine (laughs) yeah (laughs) so I mean those it's just the regular like mean pity type stereotypes that we had to go through um and I think just educating people on how much drive they have and how smart they can be and like that type of thing is something that I've always done even with Marley now I'm like wait she picks up things in like two seconds just watch (laughs) so right well and I think really celebrating the uniqueness right and the fact that like if you're prepared and ready to have an athlete and a total dork who likes (laughs) to play rough like I think that I think that that really helps but I think that 
a lot of people are intimidated. Like, just like you're saying, right? Like when the dogs are playing and they're vocal and like, I experience this all the time with Waylon when he's playing with other dogs, like people are like looking at me like, yo, this is normal. Like he's just having fun. So we got to let go of the weirdness because like, <laughs> I mean, you know, they're having fun. And, and I always, I always say that he likes to do like the bro, like chest bump, you know, like that's just yes. crazy, right. Like, <laughs> yeah. oh, I'm just going to slam my body into you. And this is so much fun. Yeah. Oh, and I think, I think it can really get misinterpreted. So oh, yeah. 100%. Like Marley's big thing right now is body slamming Charlie and laying on top of her. <laughs> and, um, people are always like, what's happening with your dogs and I'm like they're having the best time ever and Marley will be like on top of her wrestling and I'm like yeah that's they're fine <laughs> like I try separating them and they just want to come back together so right right and I think we have to remind ourselves right that like it's not about some outside stigma right like it's about our individual dogs and if they're having fun we should celebrate that we shouldn't be stopping them from doing like normal to them play exactly right? yeah like, I mean, but I think a caveat to all of this and all y'all who have pit bulls know this, like watch your knees because they will run. It <laughs> you got to have the, the, the bended knees that are ready. Cause when that, when her butt tug zoom gets going, like you do not want to be in that way. <laughs> yes. Yes. I know that struggle. Oh yeah. my God. So, um, did you feel like by and large your family was pretty accepting of Angel and all the the blocky headed type dogs afterwards just knowing them as individual dogs? Afterwards yes my mom was very cautious at first just because the history we like the only pit bull really my mom had ever met was one that chased her down the street in like the 80s when she was young in Colorado ah. and then the other one was the two that attacked our family dog out in the front of our uh, house so it wasn't like we've really been around them and then the media plays such a role in a, telling us everyone how like awful they are um so once I remember like having her come to the shelter because I I needed her to to meet Angel before because she was going to be staying at her house some of the time um and Angel like went and sat in her lap and like kissed her in the face and she was like oh okay like this isn't bad <laughs> but after that like she called her her grand dog. Marley and Charlie are her grandbabies. Like she is like totally changed with it. So that's so beautiful. So um, for those of you listening, you've heard me talk about my mom on several occasions, but like that was my mom too, right? Like I, I brought, I, she went to the shelter with me and, and I picked out Sunny who was like this blocky headed dog. And she's like, are you sure? And I was like, I think so. And like, just like you're saying, right? Like we got home, he sat in her lap and like, that was the game changer. So I could never have dogs growing up because my mom got bit by a chihuahua and she was terrified of dogs. So like, we never had dogs growing up, nothing. And then I'm just like, so we're bringing home this pit bull. And she was like, um, okay. And like five hours later, she's like, we made the right choice. Yeah, like this is okay. Yeah, right? <laughs> She lovingly called him Sunny Bunny. It was her Sunny Bunny specifically. So, <laughs> so sweet though, right? Like, is it, I think that it's been really cool to see my family just like completely shift their, their awareness, right? And like now my family members are advocates, right? Like yeah. Denver's been pushing to, to um, repeal BSL and like my mom and my mother-in-law are like calling their council members. Like, <laughs> you know, it's pretty brilliant how like one dog did that for them. Yeah, and that like, was kind of angel on our end. Yeah, that was angel on our end. Like my whole family like was completely different. I mean, I introduced her to my friends who never had dogs before. I remember she was one of the first pit bulls when I started to work at the daycare, I did dog daycare that they let in play group. And I was like, 
see, <laughs> right? Like, see yeah. what I mean, you guys? Yeah. <laughs> so it's amazing. Mm-hmm. Okay, so um, so we were kind of talking before we started recording, guys, that like the the attitude, and I think you were saying this in Portland, but I think that this is definitely like Denver and, and suburbs too. That like the attitude attitude towards pit bulls is really changing. Like now, it's like it's kind of like cool and hip to have blocky headed dogs, which I celebrate so much. But like before that happened, did you feel like, you know, outside of like people crossing the street and stuff, do you feel like people in your community reacted negatively to her? Yes. So my block that I live on right now, it's like full of kids. Um, And it it has been since we've like lived in this house. And uh, they definitely, I've seen people like, take their kids away or we would come outside and their kid would be like ooh dog and they would walk them back inside that type of thing so there's definitely you can tell I've never had anything like crazy bad happen but it's those little tiny things like either crossing the street going back inside or uh, not making eye contact <laughs> those type of things that um, we've definitely seen um, it's definitely down since then because I think Two on our block, most people know me by now, and they know I have pitbulls, <laughs> and uh, they're all great. So, <laughs> that's so amazing, yeah. And that's that's been a lot of my experience too, right? Like, um, Sunny and I lived in Denver, which was totally illegal, but we got away with it for a long time because I was a responsible dog owner. But like, there were definitely like people like creating huge buffers that I knew would not have been created if they didn't see this dog. So it's just interesting, you know, like how fear really translates to negative interactions between like our community members. Yeah, no, um, so do you feel like there were, there were stigmas around, around pit bulls that influenced how you treated Angel or did you do your best to like, let those go? For me, I feel like it's been like an ever evolving pro- process, but I, I would just love to hear your experience. Yeah. So when I first got her, the shelter I worked at, if you had a pit, like if a pit bull came in, they had to stay in a behavior pod for two weeks to make sure they were okay. Um, and then, uh, we like no dogs, no cats, no kids. That was every pit bull that came in. Um, so when I got her, I was like, okay, she's never going to be around dogs. She's never going to be around cats. She's never going to be around kids. Um, and then my roommate, like her boyfriend had a a pity too. And they met and they like, Angel was just like, Hey. (laughs) And the other dog was like, up <laughs> and they were like fine um and then after that I mean I introduced her to my friend's dogs and I was just like I think I was like cautious at first just because I didn't know any better um but I mean it's like any dog and any reading body language and doing all that like as long as you can do that appropriately and introduce them in an appropriate way I mean it, it, it would be fine so I think the biggest thing I was cautious with was dog meats just because of all the stigma, dog fighting, all of that crap that goes along with pit bulls. Um, and then um, after she met a couple dogs and then I found out she loved puppies, like I was like, I'm fostering, this is gonna be a thing. <laughs> um, and it, she never had issues. She chased my cat once too, when we introduced her to the uh, cats in the home and they hit her on the face and she ran away and never did it again. So <laughs> it's just interesting because they said, nope, we'll never be around cats, we'll never be around kids, all that. And she literally loved kids, loved cats, loved dogs, all of that. So <laughs> yeah. 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 And it's like, I mean, I kind of understand from like a liability standpoint, right? Like where the shelters are at, right? Yeah. Like as far as like trying to be overly cautious, but 
this is something I witnessed so much, right? Like dogs coming out of the shelter system and the shelter leads them to believe that the dog is, can't be good with other dogs. And while that definitely is true sometimes, right? Like that's absolutely true sometimes. I feel like blocky headed dogs in particular get robbed of dog experiences based on their looks, right? Oh, and I think right. that that's, I think that it's a shame because so many pit bull type dogs love the company of other dogs, mm -hmm. right? And, and I think that that's something that I hope to see shift. And I think it is, right? Like I think it is shifting more, right? Like all these amazing, amazing pit bull, like exclusive rescues that are like working their asses off to make sure that like these dogs get loving homes and fulfilling lives. But just an interesting parallel, right? Like, like we were talking before, right? That like, if it was a Labrador, you would just like, let it go to a dog park and you wouldn't yeah. think twice about it. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> but I do think it is, it is like shifting too. Cause even at my shelter, we do almost dog tests on everyone. We do play groups every week. Like we try to get for enrichment purposes, like we try to get them out. So just cause it's nice to know that too, like about them. So you're not just going like, okay, bye. Here's a dog. Like, good luck. Good luck. <laughs> and I mean, uh, some dogs might be good with one or two and some dogs just might not be good with any. And some might be good with 20. Like you never know. And I think that can happen with not just pitties, but like any dog, chihuahuas, Dobermans, all the, all the, all the above. So I think, um, I think it's, I think it's shifting, um, especially with these playgroup alliance, like, I don't know if you know, shelter playgroup alliance, they're awesome. Amazing. Yeah, I love them. Um, and they do a lot of education and all that with trying to get playgroups into shelters and stuff like that. So, um, I do think it's, it's shifting a bit. It is, it really is. <laughs> Which is so beautiful, you know? But then, like, I feel like there's still those small glimmers of, like, someone makes a snide remark about, like, our blocky-headed dogs, and it's a good reminder, like, the education never stops, right? No. Like, cannot stop advocating and educating the community because as much as we try, like, people are hanging on to those things, mm -hmm. right? Which I wish wasn't, I wish that wasn't happening, but it is. Yeah. It is. And it's, I don't think it will ever stop. Honestly, it's going to be an ever evolving door of having to educate and have, have these conversations and stuff like that too. So, yeah. Yeah. So, um, I think that that's a good bridge into like, did you feel an obligation after owning Angel to like be an advocate for blocky headed dogs everywhere? Oh yeah. 100%. Like she, like after having her and seeing how great she was and then working in the shelter and seeing all the stigma that came around all the pit bulls we had and all that stuff too um and all the the, the euthanasias of pit bulls too like everywhere it's insane um i think that was a turning point really in what i wanted to do with my life because i wanted to volunteer more i wanted to definitely show people how great of a breed they can be and that they're, i mean we said it before like they're just dogs and that they can just be dogs if people would kind of chill <laughs> about it and yeah just like any breed that some of them are going to have their issues but i mean i think people are becoming more responsible with it as well now which is amazing and like getting them more into training and all that stuff instead of just kind of willy nilly doing whatever with their dogs. <laughs> Cause I think there's a big push to now and getting like dog training and all that as well. Um, but yeah, I think after getting angel, it completely flipped. Like I was like, okay, this is what I love. This is what I want to be for and what I stand for, which is awesome. Cause she, she was just amazing. Like I wish everyone could have met her. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God. 
And it's, I think it's a pretty brilliant thing, right? That like these dogs come into our lives and we're not necessarily seeking them out, but they're here. And then all of a sudden we have this new life mission, mm -hmm. right? Like that, that's how I feel too, right? That like Sunny set me on a trajectory trajectory to like get me to this beautiful place that I'm in now and I'm so grateful to him for that right mm -hmm. like and I think that that's something that's especially unique to like blocky headed owners is that like once you own a blocky headed dog you just become an advocate for the breed yeah right like and I think it's, <laughs> it's so much different than than so many other breeds of dogs and I know that lots of other dogs are marginalized and stigmatized right I don't want to minimize that but I think that by and large, it's our beloved blocky headed dogs that are getting the shortest end of the stick. And that's, oh, yeah, definitely. Definitely. I agree with that. Totally. Yeah. So, um, I, I want to shift over just to talking about training just a little bit, because I know that you do a, a lot of positive reinforcement trainer training with your own dogs and all the foster yeah. family care. So, um, did you get feedback from like trainers, like back in angels day that like she needed a different type of training based on her breed? So I never talked to any trainers with her. <laughs> um, right. she got spoiled. She was just like innately that good that you didn't she, even really need formal training. No, she was like, it was, she was like, her name was very, like, she came with that name to me. I didn't name her. I wasn't like, I'm going to name you Angel because <laughs> yeah. like she came with that and she knew it already. And I was thinking about changing it, but then she already knew it and I didn't want to go through everything. So I was like, whatever. Um, but it really did fit her. Like I pretty much didn't do anything with her training wise besides working on her separation anxiety. And because I adopted her from a shelter, I got to use their behavior help. But even then I just, I just, I mean, I YouTubed things, but I didn't really do much training with her. I mean, I did little things here and there. Um, so it's kind of like a bummer that I didn't do those things. I didn't really get into like going and getting professional help until with Marley. Um, uh, but, uh, I'm trying to think of what I'm at. I just totally lost my train of thought. <laughs> it's okay. I can just edit it back in. I'll just yeah. <laughs> I'm like, wait, <laughs> um, but yeah, I didn't, I mean, I didn't really do much with her. Um, I did little things here and there because I just, things I picked up along the way. Um, but with Angel specifically, I never really did anything with her, <laughs> which is sad. Um, cause now, I mean, with Marley, I got her into training classes and it was right after, right before COVID. So we did a bunch of training classes with her at Doggy Business. I don't know if you know Doug Duncan here. He's amazing. Um, but, uh, yeah, did some training classes there and then COVID happened. So now I'm like well now we're kind of stuck back doing at least the basics that I know um because I'm in no way no way a dog trainer but I at least can make a dog sit and stay and do tricks like she knows some tricks which is cool but That's yeah. Amazing. yeah yeah no and I think we all get spoiled with one of those dogs in our lives right yeah. where like, they don't really need formal training and they still make us look amazing and we're yeah. like yeah, but then we, you know, there's always the next dog. And you're like, oh, okay, I gotta learn. I gotta learn one. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's Marley. <laughs> okay, so I want to kind of wrap it up with hearing from you about like one pit bull myth, like in particular, that you wish would just die already. Lockjaw. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> I hate 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 that. Like, um, I don't know, I was reading some article a long time ago about the bite force of dogs. 
and how like I think it was Rottweilers and German Shepherds have more bite force than pitties do. Um, I wouldn't quote me on that because I don't remember <laughs> specifically, but I think it was something like that. But just like no, they're not like they can't unhinge their jaws like snakes, and they can't like I'm gonna set it down and put all that pressure and never let go. Like I mean, that just it just makes me so angry whenever they're like, oh, they have that jaw, and I'm like, no. They don't. <laughs> right. Actually, no, they would be dead. Yeah. Right? So they would be able to open their mouths, but they wouldn't be able to eat or drink or do anything. So. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, ditto to that. Ditto to that. So um, for the lovely people listening, right, just to set the record straight, pit bulls and no dog and no dogs have locking jaws. Doesn't yeah. exist. Not no, at all. <laughs> God. Zoe, thank you so much for chatting me with chatting with BC. So um, if my listeners want to connect with you and follow along on your dog's journey, where can they find you? you can find us at Wildly Rescued. Um, it's just on Instagram. We don't really have any Facebook or YouTube or anything like that. But yeah, follow us at Wildly Rescued. Oh my God. I love following your account and seeing all your amazing pictures. And just like, dude, watching blocky-headed dogs just live their life to the fullest is <laughs> maybe my favorite thing in the entire world. So thank you for, for allowing us all to be part of that journey. Of course. That's like my, my goal is just to let dogs be dogs. Yes. Oh my God. <laughs> I love it. Well, from one blocky headed owner to another, thank you so much for being with me today. Yeah, you're welcome. Thanks for tuning in. I hope you enjoyed the show. If you'd like to learn more about us, please check us out on Instagram at a good feeling underscore in co you can also find us on facebook at a good feeling dog training as well as our website agfdogtraining.com. dog training.com